stay thirsty, my friends. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Touchdown, Packers! Football is nice! Lana! What? <laughs> Danger zone. Was gonna be this way. No! 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 Psych you out in the end. This is the way. It's morphin' time! David. And be better protected from mayhem. Like me. Hello, Wisconsin! Hello. I'm the doctor. Nerd! Welcome back, dudes and dudettes, to another episode of the nerdiest podcast in the Midwest. An episode where we're going to be talking all things green. The Midwesterners Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Stoffel, joined, as always, by my partner in crime. It ain't easy being green, K.O. Kyle Olson. We are the Midwesterners. That's M-I-D-W-E-S-T-E-R-N-E-R-D-S. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Midwesterners. We are the Midwesterners Podcast on Facebook. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send that to Midwesterners at gmail.com. You can stream and download and listen to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. Last week, I'm going to admit, was a lot of fun. We did a very low-key, casual, <laughs> best-stuff extravaganza episode talking about all the good things that we've been watching over the past month, month and a half. Kyle, I went back and I rewatched something that you suggested. I cracked open my steelbook. And I watched Sonic the Hedgehog 2. I got to tell you, man, that movie. It's so good. I, I, I love that movie. It, if you love the Sonic the Hedgehog games, if you love Sonic the Hedgehog 2, the video game, mm-hmm. you you can't help but love that it's movie. It's so good. Oh, and it just makes me more and more excited for 3, which comes out next Christmas. Holy shit. Yeah. A little over a year, and I I really hope that Jim Carrey comes back. I know we've talked to death about if he comes back, if he doesn't come back. If he doesn't, later hater, man, what what a line to go out on. But I, I want him I want him back. I want him back in the fat suit. <laughs> I want him to be controlling Metal Sonic before, like in the beginning of that movie, and then we eventually get to the tease that ends up happening in the uh, mid credit scene of the sonic the hedgehog too but i want it all i want it all (laughs) sonic's turning into spider-man where we're gonna get we're gonna start getting one every other year (laughs) i almost hope not (laughs) if i'm being honest i i love sonic to death he's one of the things that definitely jump-started my nerddom but that being said my love is mostly with the classic stuff um i wasn't a big gamer back in the day mostly because i didn't have video game systems uh sonic the sonic games though i was fortunate enough to get on the pc on our old windows 98 and so like so like sonic one two and three uh sonic cd sonic racing like all of those classic games i was able to play but once you get into like the sonic adventure one and two like 
played those when I went over to friends' house who had the Dreamcast. But otherwise, like, that's about as far as my Sonic goes until Sonic Mania came out and I bought a Switch. And so... So people, obviously, no one, we don't put the video out, so no one can see. But, like, I, while I look at you over your left shoulder there, it's just a Sonic platform yeah. with, like, a, is that, I don't know if that's Lego built or. It's the Lego set. It's the Sonic <laughs> Lego set. So it's, it's like the loop-de-loop from, yep. like, uh, Green Hill. Is that Eggman up there, too? It came with an Eggman that you put together and built. <laughs> There's the Ladybug, uh, the Moto Bug, I think he's called, and the Amazing. little crab dude. There's there's the three rings, the uh, the checkpoint uh, little sign <laughs> thingy. There's a jumping pad that goes up to the Moto Bug, and then of course there's the little boxes. Uh, right now I have the Blue Shield and the Invincibility Stars boxes showing. Um, but yeah, um, I. I love that set. I, I've got like a whole little Sonic shrine to my left of me. But yeah, Sonic, love the guy. Love the guy. Uh, fun fact for you and the listeners. My first introduction to Sonic and the Sonic cast was through Mario and Sonic the Olympic Games. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. But after that, I've it always, was definitely uh, love at first sight. I've always wanted to play those games. They're actually so. not bad. They, you know, uh, That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. So we... Uh, yeah, that's a little bit of last week carrying over. Uh, now that we've t- discussed some blue, let's get into some green. Um, there's a little show that's out, She-Hulk. There's a lot of little shows out. There's a lot wow. of shows that are coming out. This is definitely going to be a Midwestern Nerds TV talk episode. I feel like a lot of those episodes are going to be coming out now that uh, House of the Dragon is out. Do you watch Game of Thrones? Do you have any uh, interest in Game of Thrones and I, House of the Dragon? I am one of the few people in this world who have never seen that show. That's fair, because I am also in that boat. <laughs> um, I'm weird in the, the fact that like I like to read the source material and then compare either the show or the movie. So what I started to do was i read book one of game of thrones and i watched season one of game of thrones and the changes that they made (laughs) in season one i was like "Ugh, i don't like that and then when i heard it only gets worse i was like "Mm, maybe maybe this is something that i should not like dive headfirst into i got like a quarter of the way through book two and then they started introducing all these characters that I had no, I couldn't keep track. <laughs> like there was just too many characters that I couldn't put faces to. Well, that's not book... how that's not how they did it in the books. I, 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 why are they doing that here on my screen? <laughs> yeah, I, I can I can be a little snobby that way, and so so I gave up. And then when season eight came out and everybody hated it, and that was like the last season, I was like, oh, maybe it's a good thing I didn't. Now this little show, House of the Dragon, comes out. In recording this episode, we are two episodes deep into uh, House of the Dragon. God, is that it? And a lot of people are really loving it. And the one thing that makes me want to jump into it is a little actor named Matt Smith, who was the 11th Doctor in Doctor Who. I kind of want to see how um, a dark and probably naked Matt Smith is in the Game of Thrones world. (laughs) And so... I'm, I'm tempted to tiptoe into that. 
but I've heard I've heard of people going into that show with the knowledge and the hype of Game of Thrones, like going into this show, not seeing Game of Thrones, but almost like trying this show out, seeing how it does, and then because it's a prequel, going into Game of Thrones potentially. So I I don't see myself doing that, unfortunately. There's just way too much fucking content that I want to watch for me to go to try to try to force myself to watch something else is probably not going to happen for a very long time. <laughs> and Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power drops uh, this weekend as well. Another thing that I have never seen. Ah, uh, you, you. I actually you think I actually think I know more about Game of Thrones than I do Lord of the Rings. Oh my gosh, Kyle. You, <laughs> Every, every time, every time that I start to uh, get a little proud of you, then you I bring know. yourself back down. <laughs> um, I, I guess that's okay, knowing how fresh you are into into the whole uh, movies oh, God, uh, yeah. realm universe. I will say, if you ever decide to jump into Lord of the Rings, which I highly suggest you do. Start with the theatrical releases first. Because what I did was, back in the day, before everything was streaming, we had to go to things like Blockbuster, <laughs> like the gas station. Hey, I had or, a, we had a family video. I, I'm not that young yet. <laughs> or, if you're like me and you grew up in a tiny town, you had to go to a thing called the library well, and check yes. out and check out VHSs from the library. Yep. And everyone's talking about this Lord of the Rings, and I was like, all right, let's check it out. So <laughs> I check out The Fellowship of the Ring, which is the first one. It is a two-cassette tape long movie, and I'm like, holy cow, there's two cassettes? Like, there hasn't been a movie this long since Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> and this is like sixth grade brian i want to say and i get through the first vhs tape and i'm like oh like it was so long and so boring to me back in the day dude i don't know if i could get through it so hear me out i quit (laughs) until return of the king the last movie comes out i have a friend who's like obsessed with lord of the rings and he's like we're going to this for my birthday because it came out around his birthday i was (laughs) like all right so we go to that movie and i loved it i had no idea what was going on most of the time but i was like this is fucking awesome like i need to go back and watch this and i go back and i watch the fellowship of the ring and i was like how did i not like this before turns out that two cassette tape fellowship of the ring was the extended edition was the extended version i didn't know this at the time so that's why i was so bored because there was so much extra stuff in there a lot of talking a lot of walking sixth grade brian just did not have the attention span for it so i will long story short when you jump into the lord of the rings when start with the theatrical releases first because they're a little bit easier to get through there it's it's an easier uh, step into that direction yeah um, I, definitely sounds like something i need to do because i've heard the arg- i've heard like the uh the joke that people have made towards it like oh why didn't they just fly from this point to this point and you wasted three movies so i definitely 
I don't know. I'm skeptical going in, but I I will probably love it by the time I I eventually watch it. The special effects of that movie too, like and like most of its practical effects, and it's one of those movies where it's like nowadays if they made that movie it'd look like a cartoon because <laughs> of all the CGI. But the fact that they like most of it is practical, it's like this movie came out in 2001, and it looks so much better than the majority of the movies that come out today. And I'm also, I'm someone who, I mean, we're about to talk about a show that has had a lot of scrutiny with its CGI. I'm one of those people who it's like, man, if it looks somewhat realistic, I can suspend my disbelief. I'm a wrestling fan. I can suspend my disbelief pretty far uh, to to enjoy something. I'm just here for the story that you're going to tell me. I don't really give a shit what it looks like. So uh, that's about the majority of the House of the Dragon and Rings of Power talk that you're probably going to hear on this podcast. 12 minutes um, later. Yes, 12 <laughs> minutes later. But 12 minutes dedicated to hours of TV that sure. we probably won't talk about, that people are like, you're a nerdy podcast. How are you not talking about yes. this? It is good to be That said, though, we will be talking about Andor when that comes out. I am so I'm, stoked yep. for that show. I'm hyped for Andor. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to revisit Rogue One, and then I'm ready to jump into Andor when it comes out in about a month. So, until then, we've got this little show that we've that we keep teasing. Let's just rip the <laughs> bandaid off. We're gonna be talking about She-Hulk episodes one and two. I realize that once this episode comes out, there will be three episodes of She-Hulk available. This is the podcast where we're always playing catch up. <laughs> So just fucking deal with it. It's always going to be the case. We're always going to be a week behind on pretty much everything. Yeah. But that said, we still want to talk about it. So we're going to be talking about it. And I'm going to remember this time. It will probably be one of the only times I ever remember to do this. (gasps) Spoilers. If you haven't started She-Hulk yet, we're going to ruin the fuck out of episodes one and two. Yeah. Kyle, you've seen the third episode already. I have, actually. I've not. haven't had the chance to watch it yet. Recording on Thursday when it dropped. Yep. Uh, the wife is still working. I immediately jumped on to record this episode once I got home, so haven't had the chance to watch it. What are your general thoughts and opinions on the series so far? General thoughts is the series is great. <laughs> I, it will, I, it is my full belief that it will catapult itself with later things, um, things that we've already seen in the trailer, like, in the trailer, like Daredevil, like, there's going to be things later in this series that catapult it into, like, phenomenal, amazing, that kind of, like, I fully believe this show has that kind of potential, it's a, it's a lawyer show, you know, like, it's a law and order type of show, like, they keep stressing that, like, even in the first episode, they're like, okay we know that you're not going to be able to focus on this boring lawyer shit until we get this origin story out of the way here's the origin story they literally say that (laughs) so like they get the origin story out of the way and then we do get into this some of this lawyer stuff and it's like that those are my favorite kind of shows and my favorite my other favorite kind of shows are marvel movies so like this is perfect up my alley like it's so good uh man i wish i could remember her name um because I'm just a terrible human being, and I'm terrible with names in general. Tatiana Maslany. Um, thank you. She is phenomenal. I love. I fell in love with her when she was in Parks and Rec. 
um, when she played, um, she played the girlfriend for what's his Z's Ansari's character, Tom. Tom Haverford. Yes, when she, when she played the girlfriend for Tom Haverford, I l- fell in love with her. She's awesome. She's such a great actress. Um, there's something else that she's in that I was told that I need to watch. Orphan um, Black. Thank you. There it is. Um, Which I also need to watch. I need <laughs> to watch that because the the premise that was pitched to me, oh my god, sounds amazing. Like she's she plays so many different characters in the same show, and I cannot wait to watch that. But she, yeah, she's been phenomenal in this. Again, I mentioned it earlier. I don't, I'm not a big stickler for CGI. I don't pay that much attention. I'm watching a fucking Hulk. <laughs> I'm not expecting it to look like it's right in front of me in real life. I obviously, like, I, we watch as guardian gods. Why do we need this to look perfect? I, okay. Anyway, that's my small rant out of the way. Um, no, this show has just been, it's so much fun. The, the third or the fourth wall breaking is just awesome. I loved it. My favorite, my favorite superhero ever is Deadpool. So like, this is again, right up my alley. I absolutely love this show and everything that it's been bringing. And there's so much that could still happen. I had a lot of fun with episode one. It blows my mind that episode one was supposed to be episode eight. Yeah. Um, it's the definitely the perfect start for the show. And so the fact that they were like, no, it was going to be one of the last episodes. I'm like, what? So I feel like when we get to episode seven, like after it, after we've seen it, we got to talk about how we, how we would have felt if episode one would have been episode eight, like at that point, if we would have started if episode two would have been the first episode and we went two through seven and then had one instead of what's going to be the eighth episode, sure, yeah. how we feel the show would have flown because not a lot of people know who She-Hulk is. And that's like casual comic book readers as well. Um, I know her mostly through team up books or guest appearances in series that I've read. I've known she-hulk to mostly be she-hulk meaning that like you'd hardly ever see jennifer walters you mostly see she-hulk in the books and so jumping ahead to episode two i think it's kind of funny that her job now requires her to be she-hulk most of the time um so it definitely fits into that narrative i i loved episode one i i liked the i i think my favorite part of episode one was the bruce banner stuff which is kind of bad to say in a (laughs) she-hulk show that the guest that the the guest star in that episode and his development i i i liked a lot she-hulks was kind of like i i know the general basics of she-hulk like how she becomes she-hulk and like all that stuff and so like that was kind of like okay like this is stuff that's good for new people to this character to know but developing hulk and teasing where we're gonna go with hulk starting in episode one and getting flavors of it in episode two which we'll get to that to me was the most interesting stuff because it was like all right this is mcu hulk this is like comics can get thrown to the side We've established this character enough in the movies where he's his own thing. 
He's got his own storylines. And where is he going to go? Like, we, we, we can get hints and nods from the comics of where they could go, but that's more or less themes at this point. There's it's so more many or less that they could go with it. main plot points at mm-hmm. this point that you could go with them. But as far as where we're going to go with that character is more of a mystery to me at this point than She-Hulk. So the development of his character in episode one definitely grabbed me more than the Jennifer Walters stuff in episode one. And I, I, I don't want to say it's because like I don't want to bring in like the gender stuff in there like no. oh you're a, you're a boy of course of course you uh relate more to the boy character in episode 1 No but no, that... if you had a, if you had a problem with the gender roles in this show you'd be a lot more angry at this show like some people are <laughs> right which it's throw ridiculous your, throw your politics out the window so, just I will say that this is not by any means a spoiler for episode 3 that is even more amplified in this in this third uh, episode. There's very much like this is a female oriented like these are the problems that females go through like type of thing, and it's very boom in your face. It's it's a very enjoyable episode from a person who you know hates my own. I I don't like the most of the male people out there. <laughs> By I yeah I won't go into it many much further than that. But no, like you like you were saying like the like the whole Bruce storyline genuinely like in the, in the first part of it it it's so interesting to think because bruce is so surprised that he or that she's not dealing with a hulk she's not dealing with a second personality she's just able to hulk out and she's still conscious and she's still jennifer walters at that time she didn't have to go through all this she didn't have to go through 15 years 10 years whatever it was of coping with this but if you look at uh, now Hulk versus She-Hulk. You add in Emil Blonsky, and you add in uh, comic book knowledge of other potential Hulks like Scar, who is heavily rumored at this point, just because of things that have happened in the show. I don't know if Scar is going to happen anytime soon, but Scar's or Hulk's son Scar would be interesting. But like any other Hulk that we know of, doesn't have that second personality. So like it's almost like a it's a realization for Bruce that. He's the outlier. It's not that she's the outlier at this point. It's it, it, like maybe he, the, again, we, we may find out that he's going to back to Sakaar to find that he has a son. Again, who knows? That's just my theory. I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. But if he finds out that he's the outlier and all this hulking out, I think that's going to be such like a big hurdle to get over for bruce banner like why why did that happen to me why do i have a second personality when i hulk out and all these other people just get the strength and the transformation i've got two things so i'm hoping that i remember them after (laughs) i get through saying what i want to say um the whole scar thing being like hulk's son and all that unless they introduce the concept that Bruce Banner has been going back and forth to Sakaar since Endgame to now. They tease, I, they tease it in this show. How does he know? Okay, how does he know what a Sakarian male ship looks like? And how does he have his gladiator helmet? There's no way well, that he he didn't take those with him after he got transported back during Endgame or Infinity War, I suppose. The helmet is the question. The ship though looks a lot like um, the Grandmaster ship, but he knows that specifically they, that, that it's a carrier ship though. It's true. It's true. So they need to establish that he's been going back and forth in order for me to be okay with, he looks with very... Scar being there because 
smart Hulk having a kid, I feel more comfortable with. Sure. Than, than toddler kid Hulk <laughs> having a kid. Because you you can't you can't deny that even Hulk and Ragnarok yet was still very much like me Hulk me angry. Like <laughs> if that's the Hulk that's having the kid. I may feel a little uncomfortable with that, <laughs> but if it's the fact that Bruce has been going back and forth to Sakaar and happened to hook up with somebody and has a kid, okay, I'll, I'll be, I'll feel a little bit better about that. There, there's um, no way he looked way too comfortable. Again, spoiler for episode two, if you haven't already at this point, we're spoiling the show. He looked way too comfortable on that ship to not have, to not know where he's going, to not know, to have been on that ship before, like. It, it, it i think again i think they'll they will establish it at some point i don't think they're gonna focus because again uh as she reminds us at the beginning of episode three here we need to remember whose show this is <laughs> and then the hulk having the second personality thing that that we're teasing here within these first few episodes i'm gonna do a little bit of spoilery things with comic book knowledge here okay um this hinting is definitely leading towards where people think it's going. In the comics, Bruce Banner does have DOD when it comes to the Hulk. Just like Moon Knight, where Grey Hulk is like the Joe Fix-It, like, gangster-type Hulk. The infant-type Hulk, the, the uh, Hulk Smash Hulk, is a different personality he's got like three or four different ones similar to moon knight caused by past trauma from a parent listen i everyone knows i bring it up every week i'm in the middle of my marvel rewatch i literally just watched moon knight the last couple days oh that would be such a cool storyline for bruce banner to bring oh if they can if they could just convince universal <laughs> to do a show or a movie again Ah, please. That would be awesome. If you could bring Moon Knight in, too, to help. Oh. And I didn't know this until recently. Uh, the last big, big um, run in Hulk, which was the Immortal Hulk, definitely dives into that part of it. Mm -hmm. I hadn't really read a whole lot of Hulk comics before that. Um, the main one that I had read was Planet Hulk. And at that point, I was like, oh, it it very much followed in the path where an MCU follower, like solely MCU follower is going where it's like, Oh, he's getting smarter and he's getting control of his, his Hulk persona more as he's, as he gets older and as more time that he has with it. And cause the Hulk and planet Hulk is definitely like the conscience. Like I'm going to talk like a normal human being Hulk, I'm not going to be like Hulk smash Hulk. Hulk angry, Hulk sad. Like he's not gonna, he's not referring to himself in the third person with Aww. like two, two to three word sentences. Like he's, he's talking like a normal person. So I was like, okay, that's just been like growth and development of the character. And then I jump into a moral Hulk, which was sold on to me as like, if Hulk was kind of like, or if Bruce Banner was like a werewolf where he only turned into the Hulk at night and it's going to be like a horror comic. That was the draw. That was like the the opening pitch to that series where I was that like, okay, cool. I'm in. The art was gorgeous in it too, and that's 
definitely how like the first 12 issues of this 50 issue run starts and then we go then we start peeling back the layers and going into like the psyche of hulk and then all of the different personalities get brought into it and it's like i did not know this but if you were a hardcore hulk fan Mm -hmm. and read the hulk comics throughout the years you know this because they definitely touch on it like in past runs too but this was like the big one where it was like this is what it is and these are these different personalities working together similar to moon knight and i think it's very it's a very fun coincidence that moon knight started in werewolf by night Mm -hmm. and then after that the comics that he appeared in after that were backstories in a hulk magazine hell yeah so and i i would love if the mcu brought moon knight and hulk together dude please especially if like i said it it definitely feels like we're going into hulk's got dod or did not dod i don't know why i keep saying dod did if bruce banner has did in the mcu which is where it's definitely hinting and pointing us at yeah i would love to see those two characters like interact to be like oh hey this is how it is for me. How is it for you? Oscar like, Isaac jumping between characters while Bruce Banner is just completely baffled. Mark Ruffalo is completely baffled. Oh, that just, just a scene where they meet each other. I just, imagining that in my head just sounds phenomenal. And it's definitely a way where MCU can fulfill the the audience's requests of bring back Angry Hulk. The yeah. fact that, like, Bruce is like, wait a minute, how come I'm this way, but nobody else who has Hulk powers is like this? We could get Angry Hulk back. Dude, I Again, I wouldn't be surprised. MCU likes this very much, like, uh, perfect timing sort of storylines. There's no way that the... I think that it's a very strong possibility that the reason that Hulk got called back to Sakaar, it has to be tied in with him finding out some something more about the reason that he has two personalities like you you know what i mean like the the mcu loves to do like you find out something and then it's almost like solved within the next show or within the same movie type of thing but like they they like that kind of storyline it's very much perfect timing kind of stuff so i think that's very much like hmm why does why does my cousin not have a have a, a second uh personality oh and this bad guy that she's actually going to why didn't he have a second personality? Maybe I'm the... Oh, maybe here's an answer. I think that's definitely where we're going to go. To wrap up the whole Bruce Banner talk for a little bit, because I'm sure we're going to be talking about it more as we go through this episode and the first two episodes of She-Hulk. I think one of the big bombs that's going to be dropped at D23 next week is definitely going to be Hulk-related. I agree. And... Everybody online is like World War Hulk, World War Hulk, World War Hulk. I feel like we haven't built up to that point yet. And ever and the argument that people make when they say World War Hulk is the fact that they're like, we've already done Planet Hulk in uh Thor Ragnarok, which yes, technically you technically you could say that you have, but there's a lot more to that book and that story that hasn't been explored yet that I feel like you still could. So 
I feel like you would still need like a Planet Hulk to happen before World War Hulk happens. And I, I think they can still do that because the Gladiator stuff is only a part of that book. And I feel like if Hulk's going back and forth between like Earth and Sakaar and the way that we left Sakaar in Ragnarok where like the Grandmaster is being overturned and like that country is very or that planet is very much in chaos of like we've overthrown the leader. Now what? Mm-hmm. Hulk's coming in. They could definitely turn on him and still like imprison him and make him have to rise up or eventually in that book. And again, this is spoilers, but minor spoilers. Minor. He does, they do get control, and he does rule that planet for a while. Things happen at the end, which I'm not going to ruin. Things happen at the end that lead to World War Hulk, but I don't think we've gotten to that point yet. And if you're a comics guy like I am, and you're in the know, you know that Marvel likes to reprint things before they show up in the movies. Planet Hulk Omnibus is getting reprinted next year, and all the Planet Hulk books are getting reprinted next year. Same with like people who are like, and this is kind of an off-tangent, but I'll, I'll bring it back in real <laughs> quick. The deniers of, I don't think we're going to get Young Avengers yet. I don't think Young Avengers is going to happen in, in Phase 6. They've been reprinting those books, too. They they reprint the books before the stuff comes out to be like, hey, just in time for people to be like, oh, what's this about? Hey, you should probably well, read guess, this. Well, guess what? You can now read it because we just reprinted it. I think we're going to get some Hulk news in D23, and I think it's going to be more Planet Hulk related than a lot of people think it is, and I don't think it's going to be World War Hulk yet i have so many thoughts that i'm going to try to tie up very consistently here or very concisely here um okay where do i start yes it doesn't need to be world war hulk obviously you should start with planet hulk you shouldn't it, anything we've never had a hulk standalone movie in the mcu technically technically the incredible hulk is still a, yes tony and thunderbolt were in it but technically we haven't had like boom here's a hulk mark ruffalo movie specifically you need to do a Planet Hulk movie. And then, after Secret Wars and the Kang Dynasty, that's when you do World War Hulk. Because you should introduce Planet Hulk because we're going into Secret Wars, where there will most likely be a lot of multiverse shit and a lot of different versions of, of all the heroes. So we might as well introduce different versions of Hulk. Then we can get different versions of Hulk in this movie. It'll be a payoff, blah, blah, blah. And then we can go into the wars. There's going to be some sort of fallout from that. There's so many different, like, reasons that Hulk would want to stay on Sakaar at this point. Like you said, like, we can do Planet Hulk and he can stay on Sakaar and rule it. Why would he want to go back to Earth at this point? There's a new Hulk. We're learning about her right now. His love, the love of his life, we assume, is gone not coming back ever his best friend and his intellectual match gone forever like his other who's his other friend right now thor who's not on planet ever he's part of you know he's he's with wong and captain america or captain marvel like trying to protect the world at this point almost in this 616 illuminati type of thing but like 
Hulk, it, he, he's almost he's he's lost so much of himself. If he goes to Sakaar and realizes that there's there's need for him there, there's need for Smart Hulk specifically to lead this planet. There's so much potential behind that of him just yeah. Why would I go back to Earth when I can go here? I know what this planet is. I've been here for so because we we're assuming now that their their memories have merged. I know this planet. They need me. They respect me. They love me here. Why not just stay here? I think it's very interesting. But yes, we have talked about Hulk a lot in the She-Hulk episode. Yes. So, um, going back to She-Hulk, again, we talked a lot about the Sakaar stuff and all that. I liked that in the origin, we didn't, that it wasn't like, oh, I've got to figure out this Hulk stuff. Like, um, <laughs> I'm. I'm new at this fish out of water. It's going to take a while. I like that. It was natural that she's like, no, like I can do this. <laughs> like, I don't need to spend all my time here training. I, I liked the, the cockiness behind it. And you, I, I, you... I really hope that as the show goes on, she starts to realize like, Oh, maybe I should have taken some of that training a little more seriously because as far as like the superhero stuff goes, that, I was bound and determined not to be a part of. Now I'm forced to be a part of, and I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> and now, and now her cousin's off planet. It's almost like she might need to find a new group to maybe be a part of. Anyway, um, <laughs> no, I absolutely love. You never see an origin story or like a training montage where they're absolutely nailing everything. I, it's just so much fun, especially again with the with the uh, character development of Bruce in the background there. Like it just absolutely love her just and it's not like she's just nailing it because she's nailing it like there's reasons for everything like she's she's stronger because she's in more control she's really good at yoga because she already does yoga she's in control of her emotions because she has to every single day more than we have to like there's just so it's not like she's just oh she's just better she there's a reason that she's better at all these things and that's what made it so good and I specifically enjoyed the fight between uh, her and Hulk towards the end of that episode because I know, like, the casual viewer, viewer will be like, oh, we had to have a fight in here to get some action, like, in into a Hulk show. That's surface level looking at it. But if you're really looking at it, it shows that, A, we are getting teases that, you know, we could potentially get the angry hulk back and mark ruffalo and b it also kind of showed that while she's got it mostly in check jennifer walters can still get angry and still be hulk like as well with that which again it's going to play into something at some point where there's going to be a crucial moment where maybe she does get too angry about something yes and this is kind of spoilerish, but but it's it's put out there to the point where like i don't know when and how but at some point if you think that hulk is going to be out of the show the rest of the time because we we saw him on the ship going back to sakar in episode two their funko has released like an image of the she hulk pops coming out and there's a hulk in a black and blue like leotard jumpsuit type thing the spandex is his best friend isn't that what uh, he was wearing at, at some point in endgame it was purple 
purple and gray in okay. Endgame. Okay. But this is a it's a different suit. I'm just saying. Okay. And if and if we had if we had Jennifer getting uh, too angry at one point, who better to jump in and try to stop her and calm her down than Bruce Banner Hulk? <laughs> so, um, but I, I like that, that tease that, you know, just because she's got the anger in check, that she's not above Hulk-like tendencies. There's a story run in the comics called Avengers Disassembled. Hmm. It's very Scarlet Witch heavy themed, but the thing that kicks it off is Scarlet Witch does to She-Hulk like she did to Hulk in Age of Ultron, where she messes with with, uh, Jennifer's mind, and she full out Hulks out and kills a bunch of Avengers while being in her rage fit. And so the fact that we've done this in the comics before, I would love to see it somewhat in the MCU. I want to see, I want to see Jennifer Walters uh, rage out a little bit, and we we definitely got that tease in episode one that it could happen. Oh my God, something's gonna happen to Pug, isn't it? Oh no, hmm. Pug or what's her friend's name too? Is Pug the is Pug the dude in episode two who gives her the map to the the, the toilet where she can poop in? Yep, the poop <laughs> map. Yeah, Pug. Uh, apparently, a character from the comics. He is actually he's an actor from uh, Arrow on the CW. He was a villain in season five, who is absolutely phenomenal. Is actually credited at saving the series because it kind of fell off in season four. He is just phenomenal. When I saw that he was in the show, I was very excited. He gets a bigger part in season or in episode three. Um, and yeah, he is, I love him so much. Uh, I wouldn't, I, I'm just like, I'm trying to think if like her, uh, her friend who is also her, um, man, I'm terrible at these legal terms. I can't remember her, the person that she works with there. Um, yeah. I forgot what she's called. I too. don't know what her name is, but like either her or pug or someone's gonna, I, I, nothing can really happen to Bruce. So like someone in her life, I'm assuming is going to get hurt. You know what I mean? So I would say hurt, but I don't. I don't see them killing off anybody in this show. It's definitely this it show is a definitely show, yeah. yeah. This this show is definitely a comedy, and I don't think we're gonna get that dark in this comedy with killing off like a main supporting character. All I'm gonna uh, say, all I'm gonna say in season because now you're saying that it's it's very comedic because someone in episode three is committed, not committed is. Uh, 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 confesses to a major crime and is called out for it, and then just it's played off as a joke. Yeah, you'll see what I'm talking about. But it's very now. Now that you say that, it's like yeah, it's very much. Even though this is a lawyer crime kind of show, it's very much comedy. Very much. Uh, speaking of criminals, should we go jump into uh, Blonsky right yes, away? Abomination. Absolutely. absolutely. My question for you, and maybe you know seeing episode three before me but if you do play dumb and uh sure. make up an answer for episode two <laughs> do you believe that blonsky is reformed or do you think he's playing jennifer in some way shape or form to get something maybe get out of prison get get his name cleared because he put up a very good case which part of me fell for 
and until I like sat back and started to think about it and then listening to other people talk about it. And I was like, Hmm, you're bringing up some good points. The fact that like, why is he specifically requesting her when yeah. he could choose like anybody? Like what, what's his end game here? Again, he, he put on a good act, you know, it, you could almost believe a guy sitting in prison for how many years has it been now? Like 13 years. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe he's reformed, changed his ways, wants to be better. He's he writes all the haikus and mm -hmm. even, even Hulk is convinced. Um, but I, part of me is like, Hmm, I, I still feel like there's a motive here. It, there, there has to be, or he's not a big bad. Maybe he's a plot point in the show. Like, I, I don't know, because there, there could be, there's got to be something with him and the, uh, what's it, like, seven uh, soulmates, I think he calls them, that, uh, the, the, oh, yeah. the, through the pen pal program that he met. Um, Somebody, and I didn't think of this until today, when, again, listening, I've been, I've been very distracted with TV recently. Yes. And it's mostly because of the fur baby that we have. <laughs> um, I'll put into perspective when we watched episode two, which if you take out the end credits, it's roughly around like 22 minutes long within, by the time we got halfway through the episode, we had paused that like 13 times to deal with something going on with the dog. And so I've been very distracted when it comes to TV. Mm -hmm. So I did my homework today and I listened to quite a few podcasts that were talking about episode two to kind of refresh the memory on it. Cause I, a, I haven't had the chance to go back and rewatch it. And B, I was very distracted during that episode sure. because the dog just fucking around and, Trust me, I was very livid. I was like, I was like, you were fine all freaking day, and now when we want to sit down and watch twenty two minutes of an episode, mm -hmm. then you decide to be a total shitbag. But all things aside, now I've lost the point I was trying to make <laughs> with my story. The seven um, soulmates. Ah, yes, the seven soulmates. So the podcast I was listening to today, they suggested that maybe these seven soulmates are the members of the thunderbolts right. maybe the thunderbolts is already being formed behind the scenes I'll, i'm gonna and play that's... i'm gonna play some cards out here real quick i don't think this is a spoiler because i actually do believe that this was somewhat shown in the trailer but no <laughs> oh okay. I'm, gonna squ I'm gonna squash that thoughts because yes i still do believe emil blonsky will be part of the thunderbolts but no, there are actually seven soulmates that he met through pen pals, and they are all women that he is in love with, apparently. Oh, yes. That, that throws my other theory out the window that Wong okay. was one of the seven. <laughs> yes, I, I wanted to squash that because I heard that too, and I thought that was super interesting. And then yes. it's like, okay, no. But but again, that, that still could play. I still think there's, I think there's elements of Thunderbolts playing into this. I, I really do because maybe, maybe Val is convincing him more so that or someone in the, in the thunderbolts is like being able to convince him like hey you are rehabilitated like forcing not forcing him but like convincing him to do this yoga and do this mental stuff and do the haikus and all this stuff so that he can get rehabilitated get his parole get out of prison and then join the thunderbolts you know like there there's 
there has to be a second motive to this. It feels, it feels like a waste to bring Emil Blonsky back into this, to bring Tim Roth back, bring the abomination back, to just be another case for Jennifer Walters. You know, and they they did the whole Shang Chi thing too, which now they brought back towards the end of the end of the episode two. There's a, there's a bigger tie-in. There's a bigger reason that they did all this. And that very well could be Thunderbolts. Exactly. That that report came out, and I think it was Deadline, where like they listed off like six or seven people, and Abomination was one of them yeah. for the Thunderbolts. And so that would make sense, you know, bring them back into into the the public uh, foresight to be like, oh yeah, I remember this guy that showed up in a movie that I didn't remember was even in the MCU. <laughs> The whole Which... point, the whole point of the Thunderbolts is to kind of get rid of the Avengers and create your own government-controlled Avengers, right? Your own government-controlled superheroes. So you want the public vision of them to be good. Like, I, I don't know what they're going to do about John Walker <laughs> and try to make the vision of him good in the public eye. But like, a whole public trial where you bring in Jen Walters, She-Hulk as the as the lawyer make this a whole public thing about him being rehabilitated and getting him out of prison. That's the best way to change the public opinion about this guy who destroyed. I want to say hell's kitchen, but I can't remember. It was Harlem. Was, was it Harlem? Okay. 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 Yeah. Um, I've, I've got some theories about Thunderbolts and young Avengers, which we'll I can say for it. We'll save for another. Podcast. We'll, we'll save for another day. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think we've talked as much as we can about him for yes. episode two. The only other thing that I want to say is one of my favorite jokes came from that scene with uh, with Jen talking to Bruce on the phone when she's asking for his consent oh. to uh, take the Blonsky case. And he's like, he's like, honestly, it's not a big deal. I was literally another person back then, <laughs> which... Yes, you can you can relate that like he's like a he's the smart Hulk now, so yep. he's not he's not Bruce Banner, he's not the Rachel Hulk anymore. But the the literally I was another person. Definitely a nod towards the fact that like <laughs> that Edward Norton was the Hulk in the Incredible Hulk movie that had Abomination. It's definitely definitely like a Don Cheadle. Yes, it's me. I'm here deal with it type of moment like i i and and, hey man that was a that was one of the best fourth wall breaks that we've had so far get ready for episode three man there's a lot of them and they are good i'm excited i'm excited i will say episode two not only was it shorter than episode one but it definitely felt short oh yeah like like i I like mixing it up with the with the quote unquote hour and quote unquote half hour uh, format. I hate that the that the credits is like factored into that, and so like it like I said, it definitely was only like twenty twenty two minutes long, and that I will say that's like the one thing that I that I kind of my one gripe with the show so far is the runtime. I wish it was a little bit longer. Because I said it after episode one that, oh, that was quick. But definitely after episode two, I was like, that's it? <laughs> like, so I think... And especially, like, the week to week. I almost wish that with the half-hour shows, they were released in chunks. Like, like, a lot of the 
the Hollywood reviewers and whatnot, they got the first four episodes. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of them were like, oh, the show is really great because they got to watch sure. episodes one through four in one sitting if they chose to. I almost wish they would do like like two episodes at a time or do like, hey, we're releasing one episode on Tuesdays and another one on Fridays. You know, yeah, and I think something that we have to remember with this show is it's longer than all the other Marvel shows that we've been uh, had so far. This one's nine episodes. The other ones have mostly just all been six, I believe. Yeah, I don't know if any of them have been other anything other than six. Uh, but this is something we should also get used to because we're gonna get another. I'm hoping some sort of law show with Daredevil. It's gonna be twice as long as that. It's gonna be eighteen episodes. Eighteen so episodes, gonna... and I hope. I hope that those 18 episodes are the hour-long format oh, and not the 30-minute format. Because if it's the 30-minute format, I'm I'm going to do exactly what you did, but it's going to be a lot. It's going to be more stretched out, and it's going to be a <laughs> lot louder of a groan. I just, like, <laughs> we, just ha- we just have to remember that it's it's a slower build. Because, it, like, what, Falcon and Winter Soldier, if, by this point, by where I have watched already for She-Hulk, that's halfway through the show. Like, you have to establish a lot and start to build towards the big climax of episode 5 and then the resolution of episode 6. This this is only episode 3 of 9. We're only a third of the way to it. So, like, there is a, there, there's a lot of more build that we have to get through. Episode 2 is very uh, establishing what's going to happen and telling a story. And then episode 3, I will admit, again, is very much still slight reveals, but... It's very much uh, telling the story again. But it's a great episode. I think the only other thing that we didn't really touch on yet is um, her family. Oh. <laughs> uh, I, I liked I liked the, the family dynamic, especially... I, I liked the joke from episode one mm-hmm. where Bruce was like, oh yeah, we have another genius in the family, Ched. And then we, we get to meet Ched not chad c-h-e-d chad um newly promoted blockbuster manager or no uh best buy best buy best manager. manager yeah he's uh <laughs> the impressions that i get from him is he's not he's not a genius and that was definitely a joke about about the family i just love but, how characters inside the mcu are now asking questions that we as content creators have been asking about the mcu how does hawkeye uh does he just grab his old arrows or does he keep making new ones like that that's just it's so i love it i love it so much that they're they're starting to bring these up in canon too so good i almost wish that the last episode of hawkeye would have had a post-credit scene of clint (laughs) of of clint and kate in the ice rink just picking up arrows love that being like "Oh, oh don't forget that one over there and and oh, we gotta climb up in that freaking tree and grab more. Because <laughs> you can rebuild the tips all you want, but the arrows themselves, those yeah, yes, that's funny. Yes, um, um, yeah, the family, I, the family was interesting, but I, I, don't know, I, I, I love, don't even know if we're gonna see more of them. I loved the conversation that she had with her dad, though. Yes. Like I, I liked that we we definitely got a little bit more of a look into Jennifer herself of what she's going through and how she's feeling about things. Mm-hmm. And I liked that the family as a whole were like, oh, we've had a Hulk in the family before. Like, we've dealt with this before. At least you didn't, you know, destroy a city like the last one. <laughs> and I like that that her dad was just like, he took her side to be like, hey, I need help with this thing, with this stuff. But it was mostly an excuse to be like, 
how are you doing? Like, how are you really doing? Like, I, I liked that whole uh, development there. Um, not the, That wasn't the last thing, though, because you jogged my memory with your little reaction there. I think I know where you wanted to go. When Jennifer is looking for a new <laughs> job, she's scrolling on a website. And as you scroll on a website, on, on a news website, you oftentimes see other stories advertised on the side. There were a couple of big ones that showed up. A, we finally had confirmation of the fact that other people are now noticing that big, giant man that's in the middle of the ocean. Tiamat is in the ocean. We know that it's still there. <laughs> and people are finally like being like, where the heck did that thing come from? Um, I liked the people that or I should say I laugh at the people that like throw a fit about that not being like addressed yet. And they're like, this giant thing is popping out of the earth. You'd think it would affect like, like the, the climate and the ozone and like the, the rotation, the gravitational tilt and all that stuff. And it's like, it's a fucking MCU show. You think they really give that much you would think right now. <laughs> you would think fifty percent of the population just appearing out of nowhere would probably affect the uh, like the oxygen levels in the in the world. Yeah, yeah. science science we can just kind of it's out the window. Push to the side for now. Like There's, it's like like oh what is it? What's such a good line from uh, No Way Home where Peter says um, we used to talk about Thor in mythology, but now we study him in physics. Like no. that's such a good line. Like. Yeah, at, at the MCU is a weird place, so we don't need to think about that kind of stuff. So that was the minor one. The big one, yes. that if you, if you blinked, you might have missed it. Man with metal claws fights in bar. Ah! along those lines. That's, yep. Uh, that's definitely Wolverine. That's obviously Wolverine! <laughs> <laughs> that is, We're... like, the biggest, like... Here, Wolverines of the MCU. Just you just have to pause at this right moment. Oh yep. my god! In this, if what in like the first no second episode, uh, in of Marvel content since they confirmed that they used the word mutant in for yep. the first time. And they played the little and now Which, we get. Oh, I love, dude, I love that they did that I so even, much. I didn't even watch that show, and I still was like. <gasps> Dude, you have time, especially I now do, that uh, X-Men, what is it, 97 is yep. coming out next year? Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to watch, yep, for sure. So, yeah, I, oh, my God, just the, so the implication of this is, like, okay, are there already, so there's already mutants. Like, it's not like there's going to be one big, you know, Scarlet Witch type of event where we're going to just get mutants in the MCU. They're already here. So, like, is, is uh, Xavier's School for the Gifted already a thing? We just, it's been in the background, maybe... They, maybe they were helping in the final endgame fight. Like, maybe they were out there. We just never... Obviously, they were never on screen type of thing. Like, or maybe they have slowly started to... Now they're at the level where they can start coming into the world more. And they're... Wolverine got kicked out for bullying the other kids. And now he's getting in bar fights or what? Like, there's so much that can go into this. And I think that's what we're going to get at D23. I think my prediction from that one... From our last episode where we were talking about... All the other uh, announcements, my prediction, the big D23 thing, all those other Marvel movies that weren't announced, 
they're they're mutant movies. They're uh, they're going to be mutant movies. That was my prediction, and I'm sticking with it. I think some of them will. I don't think it's going to be all of them. I think it's most but of them. <laughs> I will say, again, I'm a big nerd. I'm not the biggest nerd in the world. And so listening to podcasts that have, like, the giant nerds that this MCU and Marvel is, like, the majority of all that they think about. So listening to one today that brought up a pretty good point about how the mutants could be introduced that I didn't really think of. I was like, hmm, that's interesting. I kind of like that theory. Rocket in Endgame, the beginning of Endgame, talks about how when Thanos does the snap with the gauntlet, there's large waves of radiation that that go out. Thanos snapped once on Earth in Infinity War. Hulk snaps and Tony snaps on Earth in Endgame. That's that's, that's that's a lot of snaps. It's a lot of radiation. So does that so does that's, that become... that could be that could be a good excuse for mutants showing up because you're introducing all that radiation into the world. You can't tell me that that's not going to affect people in some way, shape, or form. So do you think that's everyone on the planet is in, or is uh, affected by that, or do you think it's only the people that were snapped away? Because that, because maybe it affects them more. It could be that, or it could be the ones that weren't dusted. See, because if you think it's... about it, because if you think about it, they've they've been exposed for five more years than the ones that got dusted. But is the radiation still like lingering? No, I see. My my immediate thought was like, "Sorry, you were gone for five years. Here's some superpowers." <laughs> Yes and no. <laughs> I mean, for some people, yeah, that could be like a good consolation prize. Yeah. But then you've got the people like, I forget what the fuck his name is, but he's basically a giant blob that looks like one of those medical like models of like the bones and the muscles and the and the brain. Like you get the people that t- completely change their physical appearance and not for the better. Oh, you're talking They're about the definitely. Yes, they're definitely getting fucked over more <laughs> than the ones that are like, oh, I can, well, yeah. I can shoot water from my fingertips. <laughs> They'll be super villains. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I thought that that was that was a good theory of a way that you could I like that. Um, introduce the mutants in. I was like, hmm, that that would make sense to the world that we're building. I've heard that and, a few times. And then of of course you got the obvious uh, multiverse. You just bring them in from a different universe. That's- boring i mean i know that they can do that because they open the op- the, the opportunity for that but like that's yeah. that's just boring you got to do the 616 stuff anything else that you want to talk about with she hulk before I, we wrap this up i mean i think i mentioned it in our last episode i went on that mini rant but like this i this show is just like if you're not okay with this show for some for, for like i don't know man like it's just so eye-opening like to to it's just it's cool it's a cool show and, it, and i like that they're addressing issues that need to be addressed in 2022 <laughs> that's where yes. i'll leave it um i'm liking this show so far if if you're one of those people that are bothered by everything in this show at least watch it for all of like the the easter eggs the references the the further building of the mcu because i feel like this show more than most shows and most of phase four is definitely developing the mcu and 
pushing it forward as opposed to just telling like one person's origin story or focusing on one one part of the MCU as opposed to like the whole MCU as a whole. The last thing that I want to ask before we jump into best off, Daredevil. We we, we talked about it. When do you think we're gonna see him? Uh I my what was my prediction last time we talked? It was like episode three, I think it was uh I, I think that's what you said. Um, yeah. and I won't spoil anything. So maybe he did, maybe. Uh, uh, man, I now have a new theory of how he's going to be worked into the show uh, based on some other things I've recently watched in the MCU. Uh, so, like, I it, I, I think it's going to be middle of the show. So maybe yep. at the end of next week, at the end of episode four, maybe. I think he comes in at, towards the end of the show, and that's kind of like that, that moment that we see in the trailers probably a cliffhanger type of thing so yeah that'd be my it's got to be middle of the show i don't know i've seen some people you know reading the imdb saying like oh he's in this many episodes so he's got to be coming soon I, I that sometimes they lie on those things sometimes they fabricate that just to play with people on the internet so who knows um, but i feel like it's got to be soon i made the prediction of between four and six okay I'll refine that slightly, and I'm going to say that Matt Murdock will show mm. up either end of episode four or for sure in episode five, and Daredevil, I feel like we're going to get in six. I like it. And all of the people that are a little butthurt about it being yellow Daredevil, and is he going to be jokester jokey jokey, and is... Is he not going to be our dark brooding daredevil that we're used to and that we know and love? I'm going to remind you of something. And by remind you, I mean I'm probably going to inform people who don't read the comics of something. And remind people that do read the comics, because I was reminded today. I was also one of those people that was like, "Mm, I don't really want the yellow costume, but I guess. I didn't really have a problem with like a lighthearted daredevil, because... There has been a light-hearted Daredevil not that long ago in the comics. Mark Wade's run of Daredevil showed the character accepting who he is and what he is more than past Daredevils and more so enjoying being who he is and a light-hearted Daredevil. And this Daredevil found himself for at least half of that series again i haven't read it but i i know enough about it i have the books behind me i just haven't gotten the chance to get to them yet but during this time at least half of this took place in san francisco which just so happens to be in california which just so happens to not be that far away from la so it would make sense for those worried about daredevil and matt murdoch in the mcu please go back and rewatch episode six of hawkeye and tell me that's not the same exact kingpin from the netflix series that's all i'm gonna say it's the same it's literally i i know that that's probably not the same universe but it is the same exact character <laughs> have you finished those yet have you finished the netflix mcu shows yet in my rewatch i just uh just finished moon knight so yes uh hawkeye was right before that 
No, I, I'm talking about like Daredevil, oh, Jessica Jones, no, Luke I Cage, see, Iron Fist, Defenders. I am still in Luke Cage season one, so I have not gotten to Daredevil season three yet. You're killing me. I know. No, it's the next thing. I remembered. I remembered. I remembered recently, and I was like, okay, once I finish my MCU rewatch, that's I'm gonna plow through those. So did you did you get all the way through season one of Luke Cage? No, I'm still towards the end. I think I have like two or three episodes. Okay. If I remember correctly, Luke Cage season one, Iron Fist season one, which Defenders. I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry, but that's gonna be <laughs> that's gonna be a struggle. But I'm gonna you're gonna have to get through it. Uh, yeah, then Defenders, and then Daredevil season three. Yep. I'm so excited for you to get to season three of Daredevil. Yeah, it's so 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 good. It's one of my favorite Marvel things like ever. Oh, all I'll say is. And this isn't spoilery at all. All I'll say is, the last episode of season three of Daredevil, I kid you not, I was jumping up and down on my couch, yelling and cheering. I was so happy of what I was seeing on the screen. I'm excited. I yeah. I I I got distracted with something else at the time when I was watching, so I will get back to them. Yeah, Luke Cage, then Iron Fist, Defenders, Defenders, Punisher, Jessica Jones. I have a while to get through <laughs> Daredevil season three, but I will get to it. I promise. Yes. Um, my uh, last thing, uh, obviously most people have probably watched episode three at this point. If you, by the time that you're listening to this, obviously, if you yep. at all, Dennis Bukowski, we get, uh, we get to see a little bit more of him in episode three as well. He's the douchey lawyer friend from episode one. Um, okay. If at all you relate or agree with anything that that man says, Maybe you need to rethink some things. That's all I'm going to say. Fair enough. <laughs> That's going to conclude our She-Hulk top on episodes one and two. We're definitely going to jump back into She-Hulk probably once episode five comes around because we got a couple of big episodes coming up that we will tease towards the end of this. But we're not at the end of the road yet, folks. We still have one more segment before we wrap things up. It's a favorite segment of ours. We spent an entire episode last week on this segment. The best stop of the week. Kyle, what do you got for us this week? Go watch Moon Knight. <laughs> <laughs> I, I genuinely forgot how much I fucking love that show. It's so, Especially because we read the comic, too. Go back and listen to us reviewing the Moon Knight uh, by Jeff Lemire comics. Um, and then watch Moon Knight again. It is, it's, it, it is still my favorite mcu uh show by far i i mean i love loki i love wandavision i love falcon winter soldier love miss marvel moon knight is still my easily my favorite definitely go back and watch it i definitely need to go back and rewatch that i need to rewatch a lot of phase four stuff and at some I point I, wanted... I i've enjoyed my time through the through this rewatch at some point i want to do like you did and do a whole mcu rewatch but that's probably going to be farther down the road. But I definitely, I, I definitely need to do a, a phase four rewatch because a lot of that stuff I feel like I enjoyed in the moment, but I was a lot of shit's been going on where I haven't, it hasn't been my full focus as much as I want it to be. And so I probably don't remember. I want to, and I'd probably enjoy a lot of it more than I did initially. Uh, my best stuff of the week happens to be a game that came out or rather a collection of games that came out this past week 
For the podcast listeners, he's got a Ninja Turtles hat and his Ninja Turtle Switch game. The Kawabunga Collection <laughs> came out. It's available on all systems. I got it for the Switch. Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. Sometimes when you collect a bunch of older games together in one big collection, you can do it the lazy route like uh, Sonic the Hedgehog did earlier this year. <laughs> With Sonic Origins, I think they they dubbed it. Uh, you can take the lazy route like that, or you can fully put your whole effort and heart into it and release something like the Kawabunga Collection. 13 of the classic Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games from the arcade through Game Boy all the way from, to the Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis. All of those classic games brought together under one roof the special features that come on this game uh you get references to everything you get all the manuals you get all the concept art you get all the old advertisements you get the english and japanese versions of all these games they've gone in and incorporated the manual into the game so if you're struggling you can go to the manual you can get their tips and tricks on how to do it you can watch how they do it. And then at any point during that watch, you can jump into the game at that point and play through it. It has a rewind feature where if you fuck up in a certain spot and you're like, oh, if I would have done that differently, I want to die. You can rewind it and go back and redo it. It's all been upgraded, updated. They've taken out, like they've cleaned up a lot of like the older classic games. They've, it's, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's so fun. I absolutely love it. I got mine in the mail on Wednesday. I spent all Wednesday night playing it. I'm probably going to spend all of tonight after recording playing it. And probably my whole day off on Friday playing it. And it's an extended weekend. Thank you, Labor Day. Most of my free time this weekend is probably going to be devoted towards, towards this game. I absolutely love it. I said it before. I'll say it again. If you are a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan, it is a great time to be alive because this franchise is getting so much love this year. I I, I can't get enough of it. And you, it, you just keep giving me more, and I just keep emptying my wallet towards it, and that's fine because that's, that's what I love. It's what I love, and you should love it too. Definitely check out the Kawabunga Collection if you are a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan. If you're not, you're still going to love the games. They're a lot of fun. Highly recommend it. Check it out next week we are going to be continuing some marvel talk this is kind of like the it's not fully a marvel podcast but it, it's like a 90 percent marvel podcast it's mostly of what we enjoy and love talking about we're going to continue that love a special character some might consider one of the best fictional characters of all time celebrates an anniversary and a birthday this year. Spider-Man turned 60 years old. Amazing Fantasy number 1000 came out this week. We're going to be spending a lot of time talking about Spider-Man. We're going to talk about all things Spider-Man. I will hopefully have picked up my copy of Amazing Fantasy 1000 and read it by next week. I'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk just 
it's gonna be it's gonna be an episode like last week. Very very calm, very casual. A certain fun cut edition comes out this weekend in theaters of a a small indie film that 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 struggled at first, um, but made its money back eventually, and that would be No Way Home. Uh, that gets re-released in theaters this weekend. If you're listening to this episode before Saturday or on Saturday, head out to your local theater. It is National Cinema Day, and a lot of the theaters in the country are celebrating by making all of their showings on Saturday three bucks. Definitely use that day to go and see the fun cut of no way home that's what i'm gonna try to do i might even try to go and see top gun maverick if it's still playing because i still haven't jumped on that bandwagon yet um all those fun things that's gonna be next week's episode it's gonna be a spider-man heavy episode the week after that is when we talk about the destruction of all the bombs that dropped and those bombs being d23 d23 happens next weekend we'll be talking about that the following week so a lot of big episodes coming up in your near future on your favorite podcast in the world, the Midwestern Nerds Podcast. That's M-I-D-W-E-S-T-E-R-N-E-R-D-S. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Midwestern Nerds. We are the Midwestern Nerds Podcast on Facebook. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send that to MidwesternNerds at gmail.com. Please remember to rate and review, share and subscribe, be kind, please rewind. You can find our podcast wherever you find a podcast. All of those things help this podcast continue to grow and improve and be the Midwestern Nerds podcast that you want to listen to. For your Midwestern Nerds this week, I have been Brian Stoffel. And I've been KL Kyle Olson. And whether it's Beer Brats Comics or Sakarian Spaceships, keep, keep it nerdy. nerdy. I should probably do this too. Uh. <laughs> oh my god, if you're editing, you should definitely keep that in. <laughs> <laughs>